0: wouldn't leave a rum sitting around out here with this group. <laughs> <laughs> He's very bad to steal Joe Bruce's rum. He's very bad. Alright, good evening, folks. This is Martin Stezano of JoeBoozeRum.com, you're listening to the Joe Booze Rum Show. Now, you're probably wondering, a show like Joe Booze Rum, what are you going to talk about, Martin? Well, it's my show, so I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Now, it just so happens that I'm a big-time sports fan, and so just about every podcast is going to be sports-related, so my fiancé won't be listening that's okay. I still love her. Still gonna marry her in two weeks. That's not a problem. Um, But we will be covering a lot of things that I do like, like the Yankees, the Giants, professional wrestling, any major events that aren't related to those teams. It really doesn't matter. If something cool is happening, I'm gonna be talking about it and you're gonna be hearing it from me. On today's show, we're gonna talk about the New York Yankees. That's what we talked about last time. It's probably what we're gonna be talking about a lot of times on this show. But specifically today, I wanted to take a look, being that we are at the all-star break for Major League Baseball, there's no baseball going on, but the midpoint of the season is a good time to evaluate kind of where the team is, how they've been doing, but more importantly, how the roster moves made this offseason have worked out so far. Now, I'm sure all of you have noticed the Yankees are in first place, and so you're probably saying to yourself, these moves, pretty good. You don't build first place teams with crappy roster moves, right? Um, the truth is some of the moves made by Brian Cashman this offseason worked out. Some of them haven't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through basically each big move, uh, whether it's a trade or a free agent signing and evaluate, is it good? Is it bad? Is this guy terrible? Does he suck? Do you wish he would maybe miss a team flight or two? Can the team not live without him? You know, that kind of stuff. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty. I'm going to evaluate those moves with, 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 let me make this clear, my opinion, uh, the only one that matters, I kid, I kid, other people's opinions matter, just not on this show. Um, So yeah, let's get down to it, let's go move by move, coming at you right now. Alright, just to prove that I'm not a complete Yankees homer, it's pretty close, but not completely, let's start with the move the Yankees made to bring in a third baseman for the 2015 season. Uh, you might not remember that this is technically a free agent signing because the third baseman in question is Chase Headley, whom the Yankees traded for at the deadline last season. So he was with the team last year, but he was declared a free agent. Apparently almost signed with somebody else for some absurd amount of money that maybe you don't believe was a real deal. It was like four four years, $65 million. Anyway, the Yankees ended up bringing him back. For four years and fifty-two million dollars, thirteen million dollars a year, even no money stacking of any kind. Um, the hope was that Headley would provide some some solid offense, which he pretty much did when he when he came in last year. Nothing spectacular, but solid. And most importantly, that he would just play balls out awesome defense at third, which he definitely did last season and has really through his whole career. Um, unfortunately. Neither one of those things has exactly worked out. Um, Headley at the plate, not really doing it. He's hitting two fifty-five, which isn't horrible, but your third baseman's gotta have a better OPS than 682. I mean, he's only managed twelve doubles, a triple, and eight homers in eighty-three games, and only driven in thirty runs, and he's mostly been batting, I wanna say, you know, sixth or seventh. And then he spent a ton of time batting second because Jacoby Ellsbury was hurt. And in neither of those places has he really performed. Now, he's gotten some big hits. He's hit well in some clutch situations. But every day, as far as being an everyday player, he's okay. He's not helping. He's not killing him, but he's not exactly helping. The big problem is that Headley's defense seems to have abandoned him this year. He already has 16 errors, which is actually already a career high. His previous career high was 13. So if you're not going to hit the ball, you're brought in to be a defensive specialist, you better catch the ball, right? Or you better throw the ball. He's not really doing either one particularly well, which makes me wonder, what are we paying him $13 million for? He can't catch. He can't throw. He can't hit. Those are the three things that, as a baseball player, you need to be able to do. So... That move so far, like I said, it's not killing the team. You know, he's not hitting 180 through the first 80 games of the season like some other players on the squad. But you'd like to see a little bit better of performance from your third baseman, especially with the history of third baseman that the Yankees have. You know, guys like Craig Nettles, Wade Boggs. Um, I want to say Scott Brocious, but he only had that one good year. Uh, you know, they've always had some, some great third basemen, and... It's just not happening right now for Headley. Maybe he'll turn things around in the second half. I don't know, but I kind of hope he does, considering we're paying him for three more years and 39 more million. dollars, It's unacceptable. All right. Sorry. Sorry, fans. All right, let's talk about a good one. Let's talk about a good move. Uh, wh- this move is a little controversial because the Yankees... Let go of one of their better players from last season. They let David Robertson walk. He signed with the White Sox. I think he got four years and I think it was fifty or fifty-two million dollars from them, and they let him walk partially because they had Dylan Betances just waiting to be named closer. Um, Dylan being one of the young, if not the one of the best, if not the best young reliever in the business right now, but also because they had in their budget a little bit of money to bring in a guy named Andrew Miller, who spent last season with the Orioles and the Red Sox, basically shutting everybody down. Now, Miller was a bit of a failed prospect. He was drafted uh, sixth overall by the Tigers in 2006, never caught on with them, ended up being, as he was a starter, never caught on with them, ended up being traded to the Marlins, He ended up being traded to the Red Sox. He finally came around as a reliever with the Red Sox before he was traded to Baltimore last year. Um, For Eduardo Rodriguez, who is a studly-looking starting pitcher rookie for them this year, we saw him the other day against the Yankees, but uh, after he was granted free agency, he came aboard. He signed a four-year, $36 million deal with the Yankees. Uh, after Batansis got off to an iffy start, Miller was named closer, and he has been unbelievable in his age 30 season. Uh, currently, he is 0 1, which not good. But just kidding. It's just he gave up a, hom- a walk off homer. But he's he's in 29.1 innings. He's walked just 11 guys. He has 18 saves, 47 strikeouts in 29 innings. And a 153 ERA. He has not blown a save. And he has just been absolutely lights out. Nasty, throwing hard, disgusting slider, getting out lefties, getting out righties, like him and Batansas have become one of the better one-two punches late in games in the whole the whole league. I can't think of too many that would challenge for that. Uh Miller did get hurt. He spent a few weeks on the disabled list with an elbow issue. Luckily it wasn't serious. Uh, no Tommy John or anything like that. But he has come back. Uh, he came back just before the half and had a couple of rough outings. You know, he's a little rusty, whatever. But overall, it's just been unbelievable. Gotta give Brian Cashman a Joe room. Big A+. CC Joe Boo. A-plus for Brian Cashman. Alright. Uh, now we we'll move on to a couple of minor free agent deals. I'm not going to discuss like minor league deals, things like that, like Gregorio Petit or anybody of that nature, but they did sign a couple other guys to major league deals, uh, albeit small ones. It was, uh, let's start with, for $5 million, the Yankees signed the Chris Capuano. I know you thought I was going to say Steven Drew. He's next, I promise. Uh, So far, Capuano, basically he was brought in to contend to be the fifth starter in spring training. He ended up getting hurt, uh, missed the first couple months, so Adam Warren was made the starter. They brought um Capuano back once he was healthy They brought him back I think he started a game But he's mostly been used as a reliever Um And frankly He's been pretty shitty But not that terrible like, I don't know I didn't really expect him to be any good So the fact that he's sitting here With a 476 ERA in 28 innings Not really surprised He's not walking too many people Only 10 walks in the 28 innings And he's got 28 strikeouts but he's 0-4. He's a 4.76 ERA. He's had a couple good outings of late. He's a guy that you're going to bring him in when you're down by a ton or up by a ton. If you need a guy to pitch three or four innings. At least that's when you should be bringing him in. If you find yourself bringing him in in the seventh inning of a 5-4 game, you're in trouble. Um, so for what he has been and what the Yankees have needed from him, I think he's been fine. He's gotten it together a little bit of late. Excuse me, I just had to take a drink. He he's doing better worth $5 million in this market. Sure. can't go wrong. Listen to me. I'd give him $5 million. I wish I had $1 million. I wouldn't give it to him, but the Yankees for $5 million, who cares at this point, as long as he's not killing the team. Um, another guy they brought in, I just mentioned him is Steven drew. They also paid him $5 million to come in and be their starting second baseman. Uh, and frankly, that has been a, just a terrible move. You'd think for $5 million, it's not so bad. But when you play a guy every day that through 78 games on the season is hitting 182, and we talked about this at length on the debut show if you want to go back and listen to it. Uh, he's hitting 182. His OPS is 630. He's barely. He's not even slugging 400 just a terrible, terrible year at the plate. He has somehow hit 12 home runs. Uh, and he's had a couple, like, two home run games and stuff. So it makes you think, you know, it's not so bad. He can drive in some runs. He really can't. He's got 25 RBIs with those 12 homers. He's not. He's had 11 doubles, 12 homers, which is good power numbers. But nothing else going well for him at the plate. You can't have a guy play 78 games, three months' worth of games, and hit 182. You just can't. Uh, it looks like the, he might be on his way out. Whether he is actually off the roster come the second half, I don't think so. I, I actually would like to keep him. But Robert Snyder was called up, as you heard on the last show. And he did pretty damn good. He hit an absolute bomb in the ninth inning of the other day off Alexi Ogando, And he played good defense, which was one of his knocks. So... He's, I think, going to be entrenched as the starting second baseman, which means Steven Drew is out of a job. Um, I do find that he's more valuable on the bench as, say, terrible Brendan Ryan uh, or, right now, probably Perella and Petit because those guys aren't performing either, and Drew can play short. He has played really, really good second base this year defensively. Um, I know I just... Pooped all over him for his bat. But defensively, he's actually done a commendable job, especially since he's not a full-time second baseman, never has been. He never really played second base until last year with the Yankees. So we commend Steven Drew for what he's done for us, but I think Robert Snyder is going to take it from here. So we're going to give that signing, I'm going to call it an F. Because, I mean, you could have just given the job to Snyder from the get-go, and he could have hit 180. So, that's an F. We shouldn't have brought him back. I think at the time I was happy because eh, it's a veteran presence. You could always get rid of him after a month. The problem is the Yankees kept him for three months doing what he was doing, and it's inexcusable and terrible. So, I'm going to give that one an F, unfortunately. Uh, Let's see. The only other free agent signing, really, that has had an impact has been Chris Young, the currently... I think he's starting now because literally everyone got hurt. Beltron got hurt. Uh, Mason Williams got hurt. Um, The other guy they called up, I'm blanking on his name right now. He got hurt. Literally every outfielder on this team has gotten hurt. And so Chris Young has been forced into duty. He started out the season awesomely. Just hitting the crap out of everything. Uh... Which they got him for a couple million dollars in the offseason. So when he hit, came up in April and he hit 300 with, a, with five homers in April, you thought, holy crap, we got ourselves a good deal, especially since he had a good, sec, a good September with the team last year. Um, he shut it down in May, hit 132, and we thought, oh, here comes Vernon Wells, part two, right? Vernon Wells, last time they had him in 2013, he hit 300 with a bunch of home runs in the first month. And then completely disappeared. Only hit one home run the rest of the way, and somehow stayed on the team the whole year. Uh, but in June, Chris Young picked it back up. Hit three oh nine. Hit four more homers. Drove in twelve runs. Even stole a couple bases. Uh, early July numbers hitting two hundred, but it's only eight games. But so you got to look at this signing overall. And they signed him to a deal for one season. They're paying him two and a half million dollars for that season they signed him to be a bench player and because of the injuries he's now played in 81 games out of i think 85 that the teams played so he's basically an everyday player for two and a half million dollars and really he's performing pretty admirably hitting 248 which is pretty much what you would expect if not lower considering this is actually his highest batting average since 2010 um he's got 10 home runs 26 rbis in those 81 games and now that number's a little deceiving because he comes in for defense sometimes. He pinch hits, that kind of thing as well. Um, but, yeah, can't complain about Chris Young. $2.5 million for a guy that's really contributing and hitting the ball hard. He hit the ball very well this weekend against the Red Sox. And uh, so that I'm going to give that one, Brian Cashman, an A for you, buddy. Good signing. Chris Young. Who knew, right? Uh, that's it for the free agents. Uh, so we had, to, just a quick review, we had a meh. One. Chase Headley, I'm gonna give that one like a C plus a big meh. M-E-H. For those of you taking notes. Uh we had Andrew Miller, who has been outstanding so far, so we gave him an A plus for that, despite the injury. Let's knock it down to an A because of the injury. Chris Capuano, another meh type signing. It's a C. You know, he's giving kind of what you would expect. He's not killing the team, so fine, we'll take it. Uh Chris Young, A plus for Chris Young. And Steven drew a big, fat F because he's terrible. And hopefully now he'll be reduced to a bench roll. And we won't see him too often. We'll only see him when he comes in to play defense. Maybe pinch hits here and there. It's a home run. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, let's move on to the trades. Now, the Yankees actually made a lot of trades this offseason. Uh, big flurry of activity as they kind of tried to get a little bit younger. The, their main focus seemed to be to shore up the bullpen. Although, they did also get a rotation arm and a couple bench guys. Uh, so And they also got a brand new shortstop, whom we'll talk about. But, uh, for now, let's start with one of the first trades they made, which was they traded beloved backup catcher, team mascot, whatever you want to call him, Francisco Cervelli, to the Pittsburgh Pirates for reliever lefty Justin Wilson. Um... At the time, you know, you have Brian McCann, who's going to start every day. You have uh, J.R. Murphy and, to a lesser extent, Austin Romine, two cheaper, younger options who can back up McCann. So, do you really need Cervelli? Sure, we love him. Yes, he got some big hits. But do you need him? Can you trade him to something more valuable? And that's what Brian Cashman tried to do when he brought in uh, Justin Wilson. Now, Wilson... Is a lefty, like I said, throws hard about 95 96, strikes out a lot of people, had some control issues, but he's just 27. He's under team control for a couple more years. And so far, I gotta tell you, I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do coming in out of the bullpen. Um, He's sitting right now through 27 games, he's 27 games he's pitched. He's 2 0. His ERA is 2.73. His FIP, which is Fielding independence, a little more accurate way to measure ERA because sometimes other factors can mess with your ERA that aren't necessarily your fault. His, his FIP is 299, which is still fantastic. Um, he's pitched 33 innings, 14 walks a little high, like I mentioned. He gets a little wild sometimes, but 32 big strikeouts. And he's especially come on of late. I feel like Joe Girardi's tr- starting to trust him now more and more. He's coming in, getting big strikeouts. Uh, I think my I was talking to my brother the other day, and he was asking me, like, does Justin Wilson ever get an out that isn't a strikeout? And I threw in, yeah. And is any are any of those strikeouts ever not on the three two count? So he might give you a little heartburn, a little agita, uh, but he's been great. Uh, I can't knock that. Um, we do have to evaluate the other side of the deal, which is Francisco Cervelli. Cervelli has been the starting catcher for the Pirates this season. Um, as they 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 didn't let Russell Martin leave, but Russell Martin signed a big free agent contract with the Toronto Blue Jays, and so the Pirates took Cervelli and they inserted him into the starting lineup. They really seem to like Yankees catchers. Uh, Russell Martin, Cervelli. They also have Chris Stewart, for some reason, who still has a Major League Baseball job, despite being terrible. Um, but let's see. Cervelli, so far this year in Pittsburgh, he's played 68 games. 235 at bat so he's pretty much their starting catcher he's hitting 294 uh he's slugging 400 which is about in line with what he was doing last year he hit 301 for the yankees last year with a 432 slugging percentage uh he's got nine doubles four home runs 30 rbis it is my understanding that he's playing some excellent defense which is not a shocker he was known to be an excellent defender so i think i'm gonna call this trade kind of a win-win um, a push, really, because the Yankees got a really de- dependable young reliever that they can control for two more years, and the Pittsburgh Pirates have a starting catcher who's hitting two ninety four. So, that's a good trade for us. It's a good trade for them. It's one of, I feel like, many trades that the Yankees have made with the Pirates over the over the years. Uh, and usually, they're pretty much mutually beneficial. Good trade, Brian Cashman. Can't go wrong with it. McCann's has been great anyway, so really Cervelli was redundant on the roster. We turned him into a useful piece and both teams win that trade. Uh, Let's see. Next trade. The Yankees gave up on a former prospect, which you hate to see, but at the same time, how long are they supposed to wait for guys to deliver on their promise? They traded Manny Benuelos who had had a stellar start to his Yankee career in the minors. um, But, Over the last two, three years, he struggled. He had Tommy John surgery. He was having trouble with command. Just struggling, struggling, struggling. And they finally said, you know what? Let's flip this guy. Let's get some useful pieces. So they sent him to the Braves. And they got back a lefty reliever named Jason Shreve, who was a rookie last year. And a veteran reliever, David Carpenter, who had a couple years of team control left and basically replaced Sean Kelly, whom we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, This move... It's got its ups and downs, literally. Carpenter has already been released. Uh, he was really bad when he was on the Yankees. Uh, I think he started out well. He had a couple good games like to start the season. But by the time he got released, he it seemed to me like he would come in every game. And every game he would give up runs. But Joe Girardi would still put him in, in every game. And I never understood it. Um, it's like what Joe Torre used to do with guys like Tanyan Sturz or you know, Aaron Small after he had his magical 10-0 season, you know, guys like that where the manager just seems to fall in love and he keeps bringing him in, bringing him in, and you're sitting there wondering why the frig is this guy coming into the game? He's giving up runs every single time he pitches. Uh, but they they rectified that situation. Final numbers for David Carpenter. Carpenter. Uh, he had gotten into 22 games, 482 ERA in 18.2 innings, he gave up three homers, he only struck out eleven, seven walks, twenty hits, ten runs. Like, just get out of here, get off the team. And they did, they booted him from the team, and I I don't even know where he is now, frankly. Um, the other guy in this deal has been quite the surprise, and that's Chasen Shreve. Now, Shreve has actually become probably one of the more dependable arms in the whole bullpen at this point. Um, He's just been awesome. Uh, In 32 games, he's got a 202 ERA, 37 strikeouts in 35.2 innings. He's shown that he can come in and get tough outs. He can get lefties. He can get righties. He can go four innings if they need, which he did when the Yankees played the Red Sox in that 19 inning game. You know, Shreve got them through a big chunk of that extra innings just because he was incredible. And... Since then, he's just kept pitching. He's been unbelievable. Uh So the fact that they actually got one just awesome piece from the Bany- Manny Manuelos deal, I almost called him Banny um is a win. I got to say that's a win, at least from that perspective. But as we just discussed earlier, you have to check on how the other half of the deal is doing. And this is where it gets a, a little bit annoying. Uh, Manny was pitching lights out In AAA this year for the Braves Of course Um, And he has since been called up And so far in three starts Or sorry, three games Two starts with the Braves He's pitched 12 innings He's given up seven hits and only one run Four walks Nine strikeouts um, .75 ERA And he's 1-0 He had his first major league win uh, Last week uh, so we we see this and we look at our rotation and we have guys like C.C. Zerbathie who can't get people out. Um, you know, avaldi who's, he's been okay overall, but he's struggled. We'll talk about him later too. Uh, and you, you think to yourself, I eh, wouldn't mind having a guy with a 0.75 ERA on the team. Now his FIP is 4.16. Now, as I told you before, that's a little more accurate way to measure things, um, So there's some discrepancy there. Maybe he's getting a little bit lucky. You know, I haven't watched his starts, but it'd be a shame if they gave up on him and he goes on to become the next great, brave starter and and the line of great, brave starters. Uh, It's a little early to tell. Right now, I think this trade is still a win for the Yankees because Shreve has... We know what we're going to get from Shreve, and that's a dependable left-handed reliever who can come in, get strikeouts, pitch lengthy games, do whatever he has to do, and really help the team. Um, We don't quite know if Manny's going to regress, if he's going to keep it up. So, to me, right now, that's a win, but that's a very tenuous win, depending on how the rest of the season goes for Benuelos. Alright, let's talk about the guy I just mentioned. Nathan Eovaldi. Now, the Yankees made... I think this was their biggest deal of the offseason. They sent uh, Martin Prado, whom... I think every Yankee fan fell in love with last year after they got him from the Diamondbacks. They sent Prado and David Phelps, a young starter, well, swingman really, for the team over the last few years, to the Miami Marlins, and they got back Nathan Eovaldi, a 25-year-old studly starting pitcher with, who's already had four years in the big leagues despite the fact he's only 25. Um, Garrett Jones, backup first-base outfielder type, left-handed hitter with power. And a prospect named Domingo Herman, who's a I believe a 22 year old starting pitcher. I think he was in A ball last year, so work in progress. He's a guy that we won't know who he is until we know who he is. If if that makes any sense. Um, so let's let's get down to turkey talk here. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I just said it. <laughs> let's get down to it. Uh, let's start with Nathan Evaldi, really the centerpiece of this deal. The Yankees needed a young, dependable starter. Um, they were getting a little long in the tooth in the rotation, and they needed a guy that could, that they knew could come in, pitch 200 innings, no problem, you know, make it through without getting hurt, and be effective, in the, in in the grand scheme of things. And I think they saw something in Iovaldi. They've been trying to trade for him for a while. He throws hard as can be. He gets it up there, 98, 99, 97 miles an hour, and with a. Splitter that he developed last year, he's got a a couple other pitches that he can work with. And I think they thought, here's a guy, that he's a gem, he's a diamond, we just need to polish him and we'll get him on here. And we'll coach him to the next level of his career. Uh, So far, he's basically been what he has been his whole career, where he'll show just flashes of being absolutely disgustingly nasty. Um, And then he'll go through stretches where he just gets knocked around. He gives up a ton of hits. Um and he doesn't strike out as many people as you would think for a guy that throws a hundred close to a hundred miles an hour. Uh let's see. So far the results are mixed really because like I've mentioned he's very inconsistent even within starts. Like he'll have four good innings and then get hammered and have two more good innings after that. So it's hard to tell what you're gonna get from inning to inning with Avaldi. But he's nine and two right now. Um he's got an 818 winning percentages actually is tops in the league. 18 starts. He's only pitched 98 innings, which is a bit of a problem. Um, like I said, lots of hits, long counts, that kind of thing have plagued him all year long. 123 hits in 98 innings. Only 26 walks, only 71 strikeouts, though. So, you know, he gets in trouble. He, he I think what happens is his fastball is a little too straight. And so, if it's straight, it's going to get hit. So, you got to you know, be able to use your splitter, your other pitches to set up the fastball, and he's not doing that as well as he could be. That being said, he is 9-2. and two. Um, A little side note, we call him Pavanito because he looks eerily like former Yankee, former cursed Yankee, I should say, Carl Pavano. Um, the ninth win, which he got in his last start, actually tied him with Pavano for his Yankees career, so in eighteen starts in one season, he's he's been able to do what Carl Pavano and forty million dollars did over four seasons with the Yankees. Um as we know, Carl Pavano, lots of injuries. Hopefully Pavanito does not end up being the next Carl Pavano. I think he's already surpassed all of Pavano's performances anyway, so I don't think we have that to worry about, but something to look out for. Pavanito, Pavano Jr., whatever you want to call him. Nathan Avaldi, he's been solid, he's been dependable you would like a little more consistency, but he's been good. Um, Garrett Jones uh, got off to a rough start. He's a left-handed power hitter off the bench. He'll play first base. He'll play outfield. You're not going to win or lose a lot of games based on him. So the fact that he's not killing them because he's not in there every day is fine. He is hitting only 233, he's hit five home runs, 15 RBIs. He had a couple... Big home runs in Seattle earlier this season that won a couple games. So really, if, if you have a guy that's going to play off the bench once a week and he's already won a couple games for you, that's a push. You know, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. You're not paying him a ton of money. I think his salary is about five million or so. And you know, like I said, this is not a guy. The guy in the deal was Nathan Avaldi. If Avaldi was killing him, then the deal would be a failure. Because Avaldi's been solid and Garrett Jones has contributed, this is a very good deal for the Yankees. Um, They got two very useful players, one of whom could be a staple of the rotation for years to come. The other guy's probably going to be a free agent at the end of the year and not be seen again, but if he can hit a couple home runs the rest of the way, win a couple games, we'll take that. Uh, Now let's take a look at the other side of the deal, which when the season started, um, David Phelps was actually playing... Pitching really well, I think his first few starts he was just absolutely lights out. Uh, maybe that's because he was in a new league. Maybe he was fired up to prove to the Yankees that they made a big mistake. Um, I think he actually beat the Yankees this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, overall, solid numbers. He's got four wins and five losses, but a 3.86 ERA and a 3.81 WHIP uh, FIP, which means basically his ERA is accurate to what kind of pitcher he's been eighty eight innings and eighteen games and fourteen starts. He's got he's allowed eighty seven hits, sixty strikeouts, like just a solid pitcher, like he's always been. He's not gonna win you a World Series by himself, but he's a guy that can contribute and he's been contributing to the Marlins and he's done well for himself. Um, the other guy in the deal is Martin Prado. Like I said, he quickly became a fan favorite last year when they brought him over. I was definitely sad to see him go because I thought he was going to be the starting second baseman, and then we ended up with terrible Stephen Drew. Um, although maybe we don't have Robert Refsiner now if Martin Prado's on the team. Uh, Prado has regressed slightly since his tenure in pinstripes last year. For the Yankees last year, he hit 316 in 37 games, seven homers, which is, get out of here with that, that's a lot, 16 RBIs, he had a great, great last, you know, quarter of the season or so for the Yankees after they traded for him. He's regressed this year. He spent some time on the DL. Um, he's hitting 272. His OPS is only 681, so his power numbers have dropped. He's not scoring runs. He's not getting on baseball. He's not driving in runs. He's really not doing much of anything too great to help the Marlins. Um, so for If that's what he was going to do on the Yankees, then you know thank god right thank god that they traded him and they got they were able to get back a guy who's 9 and 2 and a good bench player for a guy who is 31 years old you know currently on the 15 day DL I said that he had spent some time I, I have confirmed he's actually still on the DL and he, and who wasn't playing well when he when he was active so and then there's the kid Herman who I don't know, he throws hard, that's all we really know. He needs to work on his secondary pitches, but he could be a guy that ends up being a steal. So right now, you have Evaldi, who's 9-2, and two, best winning percentage in the league, despite a high ERA. Um, and a solid bench player who's won a couple games for a solid starting pitcher, who is only 4-5 and five but has a better ERA than Evaldi, and a guy who's hurt. And wasn't playing well, he was hurt. So, I think, again, not to sound like a homer. I mean, I am a homer, but I don't want to sound like one. This is a win for Brian Cashman again. So, so far, so good, right? Um, The last trade we're going to talk about is the trade the Yankees made to get themselves a new shortstop. Now, a lot of people are saying they replaced Derek Jeter with this player. How will this player replace Derek Jeter? Nobody's replacing Derek Jeter. The guy's the greatest I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's the greatest Yankee to ever play. He's the greatest Yankee I've ever seen play. Nobody's replacing him. First of all, he's irreplaceable. But second of all, he retired. Are you going to not have a shortstop? Of course not. You're going to get somebody else to play shortstop because your shortstop retired. So people who say Didi is trying to replace Jeter, he's not. Jeter era ended. The Gregorius era era has started. So let's talk about that trade. All right, so the trade was... Uh, It was a three-team trade, one of those convoluted ones where the Diamondbacks, the Tigers, and the Yankees got involved with each other. And the Diamondbacks ended up getting Domingo Leyba and Robbie Ray. The Tigers got Shane Green from the Yankees. And the Yankees got Didi Gregorius, our new starting shortstop. So how did this trade go? It started out really bad. Gregorius, the first month or so of the season, he couldn't hit. And you could tell the fact that he couldn't hit was bothering him because he was making stupid errors, and he was making stupid base running mistakes, and just just overall not playing well at all. Um, he's only 25 years old. He thought maybe the pressure is too much, you know. Because as much as I say he's not replacing Derek Jeter, the fans think some fans think he is, and I'm sure in his mind he's trying to live up to who Derek Jeter was, which is really an impossible task, as we mentioned. But he was, like I said, he was just bad. Um, in the last couple months or so, Didi has been I'm gonna say awesome. Uh, he started hitting a little bit. You know, he hit two oh six in April, two thirty-two in May, but two fifty-eight in June and two fifty-seven in July. He hit a couple balls over the park, he's got four out of the park, he's got four homers overall. Um, he's just been contributing. Now, if you had told me Didi Gregorius was gonna come in and hit two fifty eight for the whole season. And played the defense that he was you know he had the reputation of of being able to play you take that in a heartbeat, Derek Jeter, I don't think hit two fifty eight last year, and if he did, it was very weak two fifty eight so we already had a guy who couldn't hit. We needed a guy who could field while not being able to hit, and Jeter couldn't field either. I know I just got hit by lightning like ten times, and I'm going to get beat up as soon as I walk outside my house tomorrow morning, but let's face it forty year old Derek Jeter was not twenty five year old Derek Jeter was not thirty five year old Derek Jeter. He needed to retire, and he did, and you know, Gregorius basically just had to live up to that. All he had to do was come in and play good defense, and when he wasn't hitting, he wasn't playing defense. Now that he's hitting, he's been playing absolutely stellar defense the last month or month and a half or so of the season, Uh, basically living up to everything he was supposed to be, a guy who could just hold down the fort at shortstop, make the great play, make the routine play, save you runs, get big outs, that kind of thing, while... Being okay at the plate. And that's exactly what he's been over the last two months of the season. month and a half, two months. So, to me, right now, Didi Gregorius is the Major League shortstop. I don't think the Yankees need to go out and get anybody else to play shortstop for him. You know, you've been hearing the Ben Zobrist rumors. I don't think that's something they need to do right now. They have Didi Gregorius playing a great shortstop. I think if they wanted to get Zobrist as insurance in case um, Ref Snyder doesn't work out, I could see that, or you know, somebody like that, but at that point, you've already put up with three months of Steven Drew. If the kid ref Snyder fails, just put Steven Drew back in there. Who cares? He'll, he'll hit 182, he'll hit some more home runs, he'll play great defense, whatever. Um, but Didi Gregorius should not be removed from shortstop. I think he's been phenomenal the last month and a half, two of the season. He's been exactly what we needed him to be. He's saving the team runs with his bat, he's can with his glove, he's contributing a little bit with his bat, and so. For us, I think this has been a great trade on our end. We obviously have to examine the other side of the coin, which is Shane Green. Now, when the season started, Shane Green, I think his first two or three starts, he didn't give up any runs, and everybody thought, oh man, you know, what'd we do? We had this kid who came up last year, pitched great in the second half for us, you know, saved the rotation that was riddled with injuries, and we traded him for a guy who can't hit, a guy who can't field like he was supposed to. You know I'm talking in, in April and May here, and we traded him for a guy that's pitching lights out for the Tigers. He's probably going to be their next David Price, their next Justin Verlander, and here we we blew it, right? Well, Shane Green came down to earth big time. Last year in 15 games for the Yankees, he made 14 starts, and he had a 3.78 ERA, 81 strikeouts in 78 innings. He was phenomenal, like I said, went 5-4, and then and and Cashman. I think saw that this was a kid who was not a a touted prospect. He's not one of those. He's not Luis Severino, who one day we'll talk about on this podcast. He was just a guy who worked his way up through the organization. Nothing special, had a great year and Cashman turned that into Didi Gregorius. Did he know that Shane Green was going to completely fall off his horse this season in Detroit? I don't know. Maybe he did, but in 14 starts overall, and he's not on the roster currently, Green is 4-7, and seven, it has 632 ERA, 72 innings, only 46 strikeouts. So everything, his hits against went up, his strikeouts went way down. He basically became the pitcher that everyone kind of thought he was going to be until he came up and pitched well last year. So to me, this is a phenomenal win for the Yankees. They have a guy who's holding down shortstop, playing great defense, contributing with the bat, and they gave up a guy who maybe was a flash in the pan last year And he's now showing his true colors, and he's not good. And the Tigers maybe are kicking themselves for giving up on a guy like Robbie Ray to get eventually through some, you know, third-team dealings, a guy like Shane Green who really was supposed to step in and solidify the back end of their rotation, and he hasn't done it. And now he's in the minors. I think he actually got called up the other day, and he got knocked around again. So, you know... They are probably better suited to leave him in AAA for the rest of the year and maybe try to come back with him in spring training and get him going back. But he's been a big-time flop for them. And Gregorius, after looking like he might be a flop the first couple of months, has been awesome for the Yankees. So that's another win. So that's it for the trades. That's it for the for the transactions overall. But let's do a quick rundown like we did for the, for the free agent acquisitions. We had Cervelli for Wilson, which we decided. Great trade for the Yankees. Great trade for the Pirates. I'm going to give an A to the deal overall because it helped everybody. And most importantly, it helped us because Justin Wilson has been awesome. Um, Benuelos for Shreve and Carpenter. Carpenter was a big flop, but Shreve has been tremendous. Benuelos has come up and pitched pretty well for the Braves. Uh, There might be some luck involved, as we discussed. He might come down to earth, I think. This trade is kind of a push right now. It's kind of a win right now for the Yankees because they have Shreve, but at the same time, it could turn into a big time flop if Banuelos goes the rest of the year with an ERA of, you know, two something and pitches great and turns out to be the next great Brave starter. Um, so right now, it's a win, tentative win. We'll call it for that that right now. Uh, let's see. We have Avaldi and Jones. The Yankees got from the Marlins for Domingo Herman, Martin Prado, and David Phelps. I'm going to call that one a win because Eovaldi has the best winning percentage in the league, although he has been inconsistent. Um, And Jones, like I said, left-handed hitter with pop off the bench who's hit a couple game-winning home runs for them this year. And that's really all you can ask for, for a guy who plays once a week. Um, Prado is hurt. And before he was hurt, he wasn't playing well. Phelps has pitched very well, but in the grand scheme of things, if you could give me Avaldi or Phelps, I'd take Avaldi ten times out of ten. the guy's a potential to be an absolute ace stud type pitcher. They just have to get him somehow get him more consistent, so I'm calling that a win. Call me a homer whatever you want. That's a win for us too. We got younger, we got better, and we solidified the bench, and all we really gave up was David Phelps, who wasn't even a full time starter for us; he was just a swingman um and the last deal was Gregorius for Shane Green, as we discussed at the beginning of the year. The first month or so, it looked like, oh my gosh, what have we done? We gave up Shane Green, this great starter, for this guy who can't hit or catch the ball. And Gregorius. Since then, things have completely turned around, and Green has looked like an absolute flop for the Tigers, and Gregorius has played wonderfully over the next last month and a half or so. So that's a big win, I think, right now for us. So we have. Really, the only negatives I came up with over the entire offseason was the Steven Drew $5 million deal, and that it was only for $5 million. The other deals, Miller and has been awesome. Chris Young has been awesome. Capuano has been Capuano. And Headley has struggled, but he hasn't killed the team. And the trades we just discussed are all wins. So I think, given what he was given, which was no budget to sign big-time stars, and, you know, not a whole lot of prospects to deal with, you know, to, as far as having people to trade for other people. Brian Catchman has done an awesome job, or did an awesome job this offseason. Um, I'm actually excited to see what they can do with the tra- trade deadline now, because it seems that they do have a little wiggle room in the in the budget. They're scouting guys like Johnny Cueto, Cole Hamels, and now they have some legitimate prospects that they could trade for, for guys like that. So, I'm excited to see what a fully, you know, what Brian Cashman can do when he has full backing of ownership, which he probably will at this trade deadline. The team's sitting pretty in first place, you know, so his moves are good. They they do need some reinforcements. I think they need another pitcher, and you always need new bullpen guys and maybe another bat somewhere. But I think the Yankees are in great shape. A lot of it is to do with the moves that Cashman made this offseason. Uh, I'm going to wrap this show up right now. We're running a little bit long. We're on 45 minutes. And I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about the Yankees, at least those of you who aren't Yankees fans. Uh, So that's it from us. Uh, Please do me a favor. If you like the show, if you want to subscribe, just head over to joeboozrum.com. We have our links there for SoundCloud, for Spreaker Radio, for Audio Mac. Hoping to get on iTunes and Stitcher Radio soon. Those deals are in the works. You know, I got my people calling their people, making some deals. You know what I'm saying? And you can also find us at uh, Twitter jo- at underscore Joe Rum. Facebook is Joe Rum blog. Uh, Instagram mstazano and Pinterest under uh, slash Joe Rum. So come check us out. We do some funny stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff. We cover a lot of stuff. We have a lot of good writing. So if you like good sports stuff, you like good sports writing, you like a good sports podcast, subscribe. Go to our site. Read our stuff. Come back soon. Joe Rum, See you later. I'm out.